You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on Christ through the ages. Now looking at 1st through 3rd John, Christ and Antichrist. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. Christ through the ages, lesson 21. Christ and Antichrist. Recently, we've been looking at what the New Testament letters show us about Jesus. Recently, we've been in Hebrews, we've been in the Peters, next time we'll be in Jude, but right now we're in the Johns. In fact, that's the only place you even find the word Antichrist. I'm not going to answer all your questions about the end of the world. If you're interested in what happens after death and and end time types of things, please refer to the section of this website called Last Things. There we have Armageddon, reincarnation, the resurrection of the dead, uh, the possibility of purgatory, rapture, tribulation, thoughts on heaven, and so forth. Uh, There are quite a few podcasts there. Antichrist has two possible meanings. Anti can be against, but anti can also be in place of. And I think they're both true. If you think about the false Jesus who's preached by Paul's enemies, uh, you would uh, recognize in what sense I, I, I could can use this uh, description of Antichrist. Now, this is not the way Paul uses it, please, but I'm simply illustrating a thought. Uh, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11.4 that he's afraid that some of the Corinthians would have been led astray because someone would come and preach a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached. Or if they uh, accepted a gospel other than the one that they accept, that then he had preached and that would be bad. So if one Christ is taking the place of another, think of the human tendency to make him in our image, then that's a kind of antichrist. But the other kind of anti is against. You know, it's the one who's completely against Jesus. And maybe we don't have to choose. Maybe they're both. If you think that the Antichrist is in the book of Revelation, all I'll say is you've been watching too much religious fiction. The word never appears in the book. It's only in the letters of John. And let me read. There's so few verses. I'm going to read them. Dear children, this is 2.18. This is the last hour. And as you've heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. And then we find Antichrist mentioned again soon after in uh, chapter 4. So we have uh, Antichrist there. And also we come across Antichrist in 2 John. 2 John. Many deceivers, this is verse 7, who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is a deceiver and the Antichrist. So there we have the occurrences of the word. The idea may lie back of some other passages, like 2 Corinthians 11. But if you're looking for explicit mention of Antichrist, you have to go to 1 John or 
to Second John. That's the only place you find explicit mention. Did you know that? Now, in First John, it says that the people who are the Antichrist had left the church. And the fact that they had left shows that they're on the wrong side. I wouldn't say that whoever leaves the Christian fold is the Antichrist. It sounds uh, dramatic, overly dramatic. But I think he's not referring to just anyone who wandered away. He's talking about people who have a different view. Because in the second passage on Antichrist, this is what he says. Dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out to the world. This is how you recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, that's the incarnation, is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. So even in John's day, and these letters were often placed in the 90s, the last decade of the first century, there's already the presence of Antichrist. But on the other hand, he also says it's the last day. So that should make us very careful about interpretation. Because if it's already the last hour, it means that the world is soon to end. Then what about it? I mean, he's way off. If he was predicting the world was going to end in a few years, he's not decades off or centuries off. He's millennia off. Probably that's not what the apostle is saying. We find lots of references to the last days or the last hour in the Bible And I would encourage you not to jump to conclusions about the meaning of that, especially if you're listening to the radio or you've bought some kind of book that's really just making money and preying off people's general uh, unawareness of, of how to interpret Scripture. So it's never in Revelation. It's only in the letters of John. And we see also that it's not a specific person. It's people. It's people. Many antichrists have come, 1 John 2.18. And this is the view that remained in the church for quite some time. Uh, There was a a man named Polycarp who says that he knew John when he was young. Uh, And Polycarp, Polycarp, which actually means very fruitful. That's a cool name, isn't it? Polycarp was martyred in the middle of the second century when he was an old man. He was around 85 years old. And he knew John when he was young. So maybe in the last 10 or 20 years of John's life, they overlapped. And he warns people, the Philippians, in his epistle to the Philippians, not Paul's, Polycarp's. He warns the Philippians that whoever preaches false doctrine is an antichrist. And I'm not quite sure that's the right way to look at it. But then Polycarp wasn't inspired. And you go 50 years later and you start finding Um, Christian writers trying to apply it to a certain person. Or very often, they would would have an interpretation that involved the Roman Empire. Now, if you go farther in in history, let's say to 1700s, 1800s, here you find Protestants saying the Antichrist is the Pope. So by that time, not only have they lost the biblical sense that it's it's not a person, it's people, and it's not a particular... Uh, you know, it's not someone who rejects the incarnation. It's just someone who, who teaches incorrectly. But that's not the way the Apostle John is using it. And most Protestants don't say that the Pope is Antichrist anyway. But that was very popular, say, 100, 150 years ago. 
in Second John, this letter, which is just one chapter long, um, makes clear that there's still a big problem here with Antichrist. Some are walking in obedience to God's commands, but others are in great danger of being deceived. Again, any such person is a deceiver in the Antichrist, whoever denies that Jesus came in the flesh. And the popular doctrine was to say that uh, the flesh is too dirty, it's beneath God, he would never, uh, he might appear that he was a man, but he wouldn't actually become a man. Well, that certainly would contradict not only the Gospel of John, where it's very clear, but actually many passages in Scripture in both Testaments. And John warns his readers, particularly the elder, uh, John warns the chosen lady and her children. And I think that's referring to probably a church um, and its members. But it says, watch out, you don't lose what you've worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and doesn't continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. And surely he cannot mean if you're off on one doctrine or if you're speculating and maybe going beyond the scripture, you don't have God. The specific context is those who deny that Jesus was a human. In Third John, there's no mention of the Antichrist. And I think the situation may be very different, though I cannot prove it. And after all, the enemy doesn't necessarily uh, reject the gospel, not visibly. In Third John, the problem is coming from a man named Diotrephes, who has a huge ego and probably a narcissistic personality. Diotrephes is the opposite of Demetrius. Demetrius is a humble leader. Diotrephes is very controlling. And as he puts it, uh, Diotrephes loves to be first, 3 John 9, or he loves the preeminence. And he's a malicious, malicious gossiper. So this man is, I would encourage you to think, a heretic, not antichrist in the strict sense, but there are two kinds of heretic, two kinds of heresy. We often would say, well, heresy is false doctrine. You know, if you deny the incarnation, you're a heretic. In the medieval Catholic times, you would be burnt at the stake. Sadly, that's true. Well, there is a kind of heresy that is simply denying the important biblical truths. But the original meaning of heresy is not someone who has a different view on a doctrine. It's someone who breaks the body of Christ into pieces. It's someone who starts his own faction. Uh, in Greek, a hierasis is a sect, a party. In fact, you could have the same doctrine as the group you broke away from. But if you're egotistical, you are a threat all the same. So it's the sense of the false. And that perhaps ties Diotrephes and Third John together with the, the Antichrist figure of figures of uh, first and second John. Well, in conclusion, the Antichrist means denying the central teaching of Christianity. This is not insignificant. As we look at Christ through the ages, the central mystery of the gospel is that God has taken on flesh and provided for our salvation. For us men in our salvation, he became flesh. This is the central teaching of Christianity. And one who denies that is the Antichrist. Interestingly, even the demons in the Gospels don't seem to deny that. Their attitude is more, oh, I know who you are. Please don't hurt me before the judgment day. This means that virtually everything we hear in the media about Antichrist is rubbish. 
Well, let's make sure we don't get deceived. Let's also make sure that we aren't the Antichrist. We need to appreciate the incarnation and make sure we're staying to the straight and narrow in our lifestyle and in everything we believe. And not only should we be careful uh, not to be Antichrist in the sense of First and Second John, but we need to stay unified and watch out for ego and don't fall into the trap of diatrophies in Third John. Christ through the ages... Christ and Antichrist. Hope that's given you some things to think about today. God bless you. I hope you look forward to the next lesson from Jude, Lordship or License. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's series on Christ through the ages. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas' teaching.